Welcome everyone to an addendum to 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We are going to get to our episode five regularly scheduled podcast in a few moments. But before we begin today, we wanted to speak to the events that unfolded this past weekend in Orlando, our city, our home, and the, the of course, the mass shooting that happened at the Pulse nightclub downtown, and the the things that we've struggled with in our mind since that about how to make sense of everything. And, and, um, and we hope to shed just a little bit of light on that in the next few minutes. And then once we do that, we'll be on to our normal podcast. So in studio as always is Andy McDonald and Jeff Sinkamani. Welcome. Yeah. And thoughts. Well, when I first heard about it, I, um, I called Jeff <laughs> and said, what, what should we do? Uh, because you, you want to you want to immediately figure out some way to speak into it, to help, to share, to lift up people in prayer, uh, some way to care, and, and to also try to figure out ways to mobilize. You know the the congregation that you that you pastor, right? And, um, and so when he when he was talking to me, I at first I thought, oh man, um, yeah, we need we need to figure out something. And it was really strange because he was talking to me the exact same time I had just turned on the television and um and so you know and andy and i were talking a little bit about it and, and so then we, we need a little, t- little time to think. we needed to think <laughs> but the immediate thing that i thought of which is kind of an interesting thing is i thought of our prayer warriors mm-hmm. I, the people that that pray in our church and i said i just want to get a hold of them because in my own mind i felt like i needed prayer mm-hmm. i need to pray for these people yeah. and for the situation. So Jeff and I talked some more and, and uh, decided to try to help have some kind of a prayer service at the hospital, Florida Hospital, for employees, patients, whoever wanted to come, uh, right. our members that might want to come over as well. And uh, families that were affected and friends. Yeah. Because it was, and it was really interesting because we were thinking about it for, for people in general. And it was really interesting to watch as we actually went and did the service there that evening, how for the for the, some of the caregivers from the chaplains, even it was a very cathartic experience to be able to have this a step back for a moment, recognize God is in control, yeah, and that we can we can worship Him and we can pray and we can support one another as we begin to even and and, and the processing just starts. I mean, there's so much to be processed, so much to be worked through. Um, and there still is. Oh, there. I mean, there, yeah. there will be for years. For a long yeah. time. And, and, but how to how to be able to say we want we want to recognize that we're going to need God in in this in processing. This. Well, I got Jeff's email that you sent out in about the prayer, and I was just like, that's exactly what I was you know thinking and already doing. And then as soon as the notice came out on, I think I saw it on Facebook or Twitter first. I don't remember about the service, and I shared that throughout my net, social networks and. People that I would have never guessed <laughs> that would have shared a church's update about, hey, if you want to be here, we feel like this is something we need to do for ourselves, like you said, for the community, for you know, people at the hospital, to your church. And it got shared. Just It was crazy. It was, and it just showed that everyone was on the same page with this. It was it really needed. interesting for me. The um, When I came to work on Monday, I started going through my emails and uh, had an email from our College Park community, actually from my Rotary Club, um, telling me about uh, one of our, one of the community people who had who had died in the in the tragedy. Um, just a you know a young kid that I 
helped me many times at, at CVS or at Publix, and and just and all of a sudden you realize this is our com- this is our community. I mean, right. That's when you really start thinking, wow, this is right here. And how to how to lift people up and and be able to be supportive of them, and to be speaking into it that this is not something God has done. This is not I mean, this is it's, a lot of times God gets blamed right. for things as well. Sure. To recognize He is for us and not against us uh, is such a critical thing for us to hear into our own ears. And because the the question of why and the anger that will come, it, it's you know we want to love each other and support each other, but there's all this other angst inside of all of us as well as we go through this. Yeah, I think um, maybe in a small way, it gives us a bit of a reflection on our own characters and our own. Because when something like this happens, what is our first response? What is our first reaction? And, um, and, and Andy's right. Sometimes our first reaction can be anger and, and just lashing out. But, you know, hopefully through, you know, some of these things that we, we, we've maybe modeled, I hate to say it that way, but maybe a church that, that does something like this. And I'm not talking about just our church, but a group of people who goes out and find solidarity and being together and, and, and embracing one another that, that hopefully our, our response later maybe will be modeled as our first response should be caring for somebody or to, to reach out in love. And, and, um, and I think that, we don't realize that just being able to uh, all of a sudden after the tears are over to be able to, to go out and do something for my community, for my loved ones, for my friends or whoever that might be, it creates a long-term effect on my community, not just on me, but my community because of how I responded. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, there was, and, and the community will be defined by its response. Yeah. We've heard this from the politicians, from the mayor, from the, you know, that, that's, this is reality. We, we don't want to be defined by this terrible tragedy. We want to be defined by our response to it. And so we want to be part of that response. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even yeah. some of the response to... Um, you know the the funerals. M- multiple churches, including our own, mm-hmm. has offered you know funeral services free of charge to anyone that was there, and to be able to stream it for family members that might not come, or be able to come because of distance. And there's been you know I think anger is our initial reaction for a lot of people, and even there's been anger to that. It's been a conversation started to say, listen, you know we're not perfect as a church either, but in, in this is something we can do, and it's coming from our heart, it's coming from love, and we want to lead by example because at this point, any love you can shine into this mm-hmm. into right. this tragedy is a positive, and even though everyone might not take it initially at face value for, for what it is, but if it starts a conversation that maybe someday you plant a seed and let the Holy Spirit work on, I'm good with that. Yeah, and, and I really am. Truly, to truly to be people who love people. Period. Right. With, with, our our mission as a church is loving people into lifelong friendship with God, and that's you know how that person does that and what that means in their friendship. It's like when you introduce two friends who become great friends as well. Yeah. We don't we don't control that friendship. We right. just introduced them, yeah. and now they they have to control that friendship. And so to be able to just love the people of our community. Yeah. Well, I can just say that from personal. I was I was really proud of my churches here in Orlando that you know to step up and reach out and and to just try to be love. I think that's important. Yeah, and. Um... And and it doesn't excuse us from getting out and doing things on our own. No, you know, of course, just because of course. My, I know my church is doing. I'm so glad I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of included in on that, and I get a free pass. But no, I think 
uh, knowing that that was what our response is, hopefully now is what is going to be my response with that. Mm-hmm. Right. What's to follow so, up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for yeah. just taking a couple minutes with us and going uh, going through this and trying to process a little bit. It's still fresh. It's still yeah. a lot to go through, and we don't by any means have all the answers today. Um, but we're going to now put you back to the podcast. And so just thank you for stopping and taking a couple minutes with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We welcome you back this week, and we've got some exciting news to share. We are now live on iTunes. You can subscribe and actually not have to worry about going to look for it. You open up your podcast app, and there it will be. Of course, if you are on Android and you're not using <laughs> iTunes, you can go to hospitalchurch.org podcast. That will take you to the speaker page where they also are listed and archived, and you can download their app, and that way you'll have it there as well. So we would encourage you to go and subscribe. That way you're never without, and you'll always catch it firsthand. And also go back and check out the uh, first four episodes, and you'll figure out where we've been, where we're going. And if you'd like to reach out to us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all there on the website. And uh, you can tag us at with the hashtag FHC podcast or email us. I know that's archaic. I was told this week that nobody uses email anymore, <laughs> Randy, but podcast at hospitalchurch.org and you can join the conversation as well. And in the studios, Andy McDonald and Jeff Sincomani as always. And we, last week, we started a new series, God and Rebels. And the first rebel was Jonah, not Jeff. So Andy, where did we last see our superhero turned fugitive? So last you're talking week. About two weeks ago, or I guess it'd be... Well, no, it was, it was well, well, a week, week and a half. Oh, a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I'm, make sure I'm turning <laughs> in the right spot. <laughs> no, I think that we ended with his prayer from the belly of the giant fish, whatever, uh, where he comes to the conclusion that salvation, his salvation comes from the Lord alone. Excellent. And that's sort of we, that was sort of our anchor point from the first week. I talked to two people today that heard we had a podcast, but had both missed church for the last three weeks and wanted to know if they could catch a quick synopsis. And I said, well, hey, it just so happens we have a podcast. So I actually, on iTunes, downloaded the iTunes and the podcast app for someone today, and they are now subscribed. So they wanted to know, and they uh, Jonah was their favorite story, so we're on to something. <laughs> this is interesting. You know, this is just another thing that I, I'm not sure if I'm just from a different generation, or, or I am, I know that. <laughs> um, but it, it feels like another reason for somebody to skip out on church. <laughs> well, you know, that was the... Well, if they're going to skip, yeah, at least they have an option. They got an now. option right. now, right? And that isn't that what the the argument has been with the you know online well, streaming? Online it's streaming, like, well, yeah. if you know, yeah. sitting on the couch, it's much more comfortable. Yeah, than I, I had a member tell me that just that was a bad thing you did with the online streaming. It's <laughs> just so tempting to stay home and watch now. <laughs> well, hopefully, if they listen, it will at least prompt them maybe to become an online member. That's right. So at least, yeah, maybe that's we, true. Maybe that's we've true. got that. Maybe we've got that. It's so, just I don't want them to to think that we don't need them because we do. I mean, there's yeah. opportunities here that just there's just the opportunity to rub shoulders with somebody else and connect with them. And I know that they're doing that on the line too. So Yeah. Um, but there you can't replace personal interaction. Right? Thank you. I mean, you, yeah, it's, I don't think I mean, you can. We're, I love we're, we're, we're doing this in a room together. We're not on right. different mics at home somewhere. Right. Well, you know, last week <laughs> I uh, can hold all of your hands. Oh, <laughs> kumbaya. <Precious>. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and last week I did a, a podcast with Danny Hernandez out in Denver mm-hmm. and we were, you know, 
thousands of miles away, and we're going to be doing another one tomorrow night with my wife, Heather, and on prayer. And so it can happen that way, but, you know, yeah, we're here together, and we hope that you'll join us in-house if you're local. And if the only way you can join us is online, that's cool, too. Yeah. Well, Jonah, Jonah, back to him, <laughs> was this great rebel and but who comes to the conclusion his salvation is in the Lord alone. And then, of course, this past week, a few days ago, we talked about a whole rebel city uh, of Nineveh as well. All right. So in that, what was, uh, from the second part in Nineveh, what was kind of the overall, the big push or the big point for that, uh, for that message? Yeah, what was that, Jeff? That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it I, is, yeah, as I, I didn't preach this, you know, uh, Andy's wondering, but as I listened, it was good because you start to realize that we have, we, we think we have God in mind when we start to define who God's enemies are. And, uh, and I think God shook that whole impression of what Jonah thought God's animosity towards this city was all about. Yeah. Because we're, um, we're clear that, that yeah. Jonah, in the end, he comes and says, hey, wait, you saved the city. I knew you were going to do this all along. And so we always think about that being his reason for running off to Tarshish because God's too gracious. Yeah. But also it's clear in the story that he was, he sort of had written the Ninevites off as a hopeless group that were so bad that why would God even care about them? Right. And so why would, why would you want me to go to Nineveh? Because that's there's sort of a hopeless case. It is, it is an interesting story about polarities because mm-hmm. you have so many, you know, like Tarshish, just the other side of the world from Nineveh. And then Jonah's kind of caught in the middle of this. And Jonah tries to put God in the middle of all this. He says, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna destroy this city. I know, I, I know why I, I can't go there." And God's saying, "No, I'm putting you in the middle of this. Where are you at?" And I think the story comes out to me anyway because all of a sudden I'm thrust in the middle of that. Yeah. And, and Jonah, and Jonah's so furious about God's yeah. grace uh, is is to me one of the most amazing things about the whole story is that he, God chooses to not destroy Nineveh, and Jonah is just mad, you know, that God's not doing this. Instead of having, like, wow, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be glad that this is a gracious moment and, 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 and God's doing a great thing? So oftentimes I think God, throughout the Old, Old Testament, I was talking to an Old Testament scholar and how we oftentimes, God gets credit for things he didn't do. Uh, in, throughout scripture, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, the the evil one sort of twists everything around th- that way, but in in the end, Jonah's mad about this plant that wilts that and the worm eats the worm this plant. Eats, yeah. yeah, and so God's like, do you have a right to be angry? And how how can you be angry about something you had nothing to do with? You didn't create it, you didn't care for it, and yet you're mad at me for being changing my heart toward these people in Nineveh because they've repented and. 120,000, he, he describes them as 120,000 people who don't know their right hand from their left, right. you know, and, and, all the, and all the innocent animals, and shouldn't I have mercy upon them? We never know what Jonah answers, because the book leaves it sort of hanging in the air. Yeah. Well, well, and the funny part, when, just as you said that, my, I was just looking at what I was taking notes while you were preaching, and my first, my first impression was kind of what you said, how do we keep ourselves in check with being the favored mm. children of God, you know, where, you know, you're the churchgoer, you're the rule keeper or the follower or the, the trier I'm attempting, I'm trying to do everything right, where you can very easily get that sense of entitlement. Right. And then just like Jonah, you look at Nineveh and go, 
you know, dust this off off me because well, yeah, I, I want to. I don't even want to be having anything. I don't want anything to do with that. Well, because I, I pointed out how when we read a promise in Scripture, uh, I read I read a portion from Ephesians from the book uh, from the Message Bible in church, and how we read that passage about God wanting us before the foundation of the world and wanting to adopt us into His family. And we're like, oh yeah, sure, God would want me, and we think we we look at it all toward ourselves, versus recognizing that that's a, that's a global desire of God. He wants all of His kids, uh, not just the ones that happen to be in a certain area or a certain kind right. or a certain frame of mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that it even the second part that I was thinking about was that Jonah, in a way, kind of becomes Nineveh himself, mm. in that you know he's he's really becoming what he despises and yet he doesn't really he he doesn't realize it because you know until like you say god tells him what you didn't do anything about that but you didn't do anything for it. why don't i have the authority to do that and he should have known better i mean he wasn't someone that was ill-equipped to understand what god was about and with the you know prophecy and, and everything he wasn't you know spiritually stupid right. but there's a, there's a there's a sense of of like you said entitlement a sense of of pride of of individuality. Uh, I've come here to Nineveh against my will, sort of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to go to Tarshish. It only took me to fish. Yeah, I mean, you know, right. and, that, and interesting, Nineveh has this whole fish god kind of thing. So it's really fascinating that he would come there and, Using say, the and, fish. and say, "My God made the fish spit me out." And to them, that was like miraculous. This God of His could control fish. So that's a whole different sidebar. But where was I going before I got sidebarred? Um, <laughs> There's a correlation there. <laughs> <laughs> there is a correlation there. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there is. You know, the, but the, we get we get very um, myopic um, about who we are and and prideful about who we are. So Jonah is mad that none of us not being destroyed because he said it was going to be destroyed uh, or overturned. And I think overturned is such a such a better word. Are turned over or overturned is what right. his prediction was, how, yeah, but it how. didn't happen like he thought it should, and so he feels himself to be a false prophet, even though the whole city repents, which is turning over uh, right. as well. So he he gets absorbed both ways. Yeah, the the other side of this is that Jonah's so used to giving good news. I mean, you kind of beginning of the story, you kind of this he he didn't like sharing bad news. And uh, and now all of a sudden his bad news turns into good news, and it, now it, now he's saying that's bad news for him, which is kind of uh, again it's this whole other side to this polarity of of how Jonah's thrust in the middle of this. I think Jesus must have read this story and studied this story well because there's a lot of similarities between this story and the prodigal son, or this the story of the lost son and. Right. And how God is so still very benevolent and kind and and long suffering, and then the, this this older brother is Jonah. Right. You know, well, I think it's really important that as we as we think about the book of Jonah to recognize it's not the story of Jonah and the whale. Mm-hmm, it's right. the story of how God relates to humanity. And he goes after a rebel prophet until he can sort of redeem him. He goes after a rebel city, city until he can redeem it. He is the God of redemption. He's the God who wants things to be set straight. And in fact, the New Testament tells us that he has reconciled everything unto himself. So it's all been reconciled, and now how do we take advantage of that? And, and God's not some ogre. Um, I, think I, said, I think it was Ignatius of Loyola who said that 
He defines sin as when you when you um, don't believe that God is interested in your fulfillment and happiness. Mm-hmm. And and we sometimes it's so easy for us to blame God for things and say, oh, that's God's fault, or God's did that to us. And whereas sometimes it's natural consequence, sometimes it's just pure evil uh, that God had nothing, no hand in. Right. And it's, it's hard sometimes to make those connections. But but how do we keep ourselves then from the Jonah syndrome, if you will? That okay, looking at things positively, and even when I guess our thought process of what this should look like or what God should do for us, for others, for our church, for our community. I mean, how do we keep ourselves from becoming this person that is so obviously mistaken as to what God's <laughs> plan was yeah. and wanting to follow? I mean, that's that's a real thing that we struggle with. Well, I think that's a really good question, but I think, and that's why I brought up the the, the story of the prodigal son in, in uh, Luke chapter 15, I think we are able to overcome that kind of mindset when we start to realize how gracious God is to us personally. I think that's why God was trying to say, hey, you didn't you didn't create this little bush, Jonah, yeah. this little tree that grew up. I did that for you. I mean, I, I wanted you to have shade. And, and when the older brother comes to the father and he says, hey, welcome, he's getting the fatted calf. And I mean, these are stories that we haven't touched on, but how come he's getting favored by you when he's the one that ran off and took all the money? Yeah. And and yet here's this brother and here's Jonah in the presence of his friend, his God, and he's got all this connection with God and he takes that for granted. And now he blames God because he's too gracious. And in a sense, God's been gracious to him the whole time. And uh, I think when we fail to see how gracious God is to us in our lives and how much God takes care of us, when we fail to do that, then then that's when we start to think we should, you know, we should have God's vengeance on people we don't like or yeah. people that don't fit into our picture. And, and part of part of the understanding of God's graciousness is staying in touch with the reality of who we are. Oftentimes we, we we sort of cast ourselves in a better light than reality. <laughs> we're we're all sort of like you know um, heroes in our own mind, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And so in, in reality, or we're doing the right thing. Yeah, we're doing the right thing, and 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 we're yeah. all we're all messed up yeah. uh, to some degrees. And so to how to how to recognize God being gracious to all of us? That's who He is. God is you know God is with us. He's taking care of us. We lose sight of that. But what what can we apply to ourselves and maybe to our church um, to impact our community in a better way, knowing that those are such easy pitfalls for us, Christian or not, it doesn't matter, but that those are easy pitfalls for us to to fall into? I think one of the things for sure is, is that knowing that God has been gracious to us should call upon us to be gracious to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah. that whole, as freely as you've received, freely give, uh, yeah. care for those around you, um, do good to even people who are against you, uh, that kind of thing. You just, you, you just, that's what God calls us to, and and that's really sort of I think the takeaway from a standpoint of what we can do, right. um, and and staying open to the realization that we are messed up, and God God gives us grace. Right, I, you know, and, and of course we can't go through a podcast today and and not and not pay attention to what is going on in our own town. Um, in in terms of and and we we've actually struggled with this mm-hmm. through this week because our church scheduled vacation bible school for all of our children uh this week and sort of a bipolar week yeah it's been a <laughs> yeah. very all, very all these kids here having fun making crafts and then the yeah. whole community us included 
in this sort of state of mourning and yeah. tr- just sort of shock and tragedy and questioning what you know what why? can we do and why is it happening and and uh, and and trying to figure out you know where do we f- where do we fit in and so th- we like a lot of other people in our town are you know saying hey I want to do something I want to be a part of something um you know in terms of not just trying to uh, make sense of this, but also to just try to be there with people and and heal and help and so um, yeah, this this whole issue of story of Jonah has been a kind of a put we've kind of put skin on it this week in terms of here is our opportunity to say we need to start caring. It was timely for people. Yeah. Well, and I think when you watch- Provide hope. Yeah. I mean, watch the news and and see the people around the block. I mean, how many hundreds of feet long standing in line to give blood and people delivering pizzas and water to the people in line because it's hot and food trucks showing up for free food to feed people. And I mean- how do you how do you package that hope yeah. and that interaction and that love? I mean, it's got to come from a place of love to go that far above and beyond and to move forward with that. And how to and how to bring how to bring good out of evil uh, is yeah. is, a, yeah. is, a, is, a, is one of our challenges. In our community, we keep hearing about you know we will not be defined by this. We'll be defined by the way we care for one another and the love that we have for the community for each other. And that's really critical uh, in, in a time like this. So as we wrap up, that hope kind of leads us into next week. So yeah. where, where are we headed this coming week? Well, it's been a challenge because <laughs> it's like I say, it's been vacation Bible school yeah. week. But what's been great is they've been looking at what Jesus brings to our lives uh, each day, cur- courage and, you know, um, I don't know all, all the themes this week, but faith and all this stuff. And then direction, power. power yeah. yeah. Okay. And so then this weekend, we'll talk about Jesus also brings us hope. Excellent. And we'll look at that in the context of that this week here, but also this week in our in our community. And what does it mean now? How, how, does, how does Christ bring us hope in, in the midst of this kind of thing? Excellent. Okay. Well, that will do it for this episode. So do join us next week. Don't forget, you can catch us on iTunes, hospitalchurch.org slash podcast, and any of the social networks that you'll find on any of those sites. So do join us again next week, and we'll be investigating hope in episode six.